On today's Locked On Bucks, we take a look back at uh, what it was that we saw last night against the Miami Heat. Deja vu all over again. Uh, what went wrong for the Bucks? I hesitate to say what went right because they were under 100 points and lose by 26 to an undermanned Miami Heat team. We'll get into that. And uh, I do want to, Camille, spend some time talking about what we've seen from the defense and the eye test. And what seems to be, at least up until last night, some growth that is being ignored by a lot of people. So we'll get into that conversation and preview the final game of this first half schedule against the Memphis Grizzlies. Suddenly an extremely important game. We will get into that, all of that, coming up after this on Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Bucks. I'm Justin Garcia. You can hear me on the Bucks Radio Network, joined by Camille Davis, who you can also hear on the Technical Foul Podcast and the Carry the G in MKE Podcast. We thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and viewable on YouTube as well as some of you are joining us on the live show uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Camille, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. It's, uh, it was not pretty last night, and I think a, a lot of Bucks fans, seasoned Bucks fans, approached that game with a side eye and wondering, where, where's where's the ambush coming from? When you saw the injury report for the Miami Heats, you still have the very, very um, fresh scars from that playoff series, and it's it's just a Miami Heat team that I think it's clear we had the conversation about the Celtics uh, earlier in the season, but the same is obviously true for the Miami Heat. There is just no fear from the Miami Heat in these bucks. And I do think there's a couple of things to speak to it. Um, people will point out it was night two of a back-to-back for the Bucks. That is true. Heat didn't really have the rest advantage they were hoping on either, as I don't think they got into Milwaukee until 1 a.m. On, uh, on game day. They didn't play the day before. Um, but it wasn't the scenario that Miami had envisioned, and still they come away with a wire-to-wire win where there was really, really never any doubt in this one. Yeah, the Bucks didn't win not one quarter um, last night against the Miami Heat. It was disappointing. You see them come out the gate shooting the ball really well, and you're thinking what Bucks fans have thought for many years under Bud and and watching how they operate. Where you're like, well, the opponent can't. There's no way they're going to continue to shoot this well uh, as the game continues on. And against the the Bucks last night, the Miami Heat did continue to shoot as well, and it was such an interesting game because it's like. There's only like four guys, I believe it was, from Miami that just kept knocking down threes. And you're like, They okay. hit all of their threes. Yeah. All that, of those them. four guys were 19 of 31. Everybody else was 0 of 9. <laughs> and exactly. So you're looking at Duncan Robinson. You're looking like it, it just, it's one of those games where you're like, you see what's happening and you're like, why can't they stop it? What is, why can't we do anything about it? And they were just knocking them down. They got some really good looks. Miami did. Um, Doc mentioned it after the game, which I thought was really interesting when he said that, you know, you're watching the Miami Heat continuously blow up dribble handoff actions that yeah. the Bucks are trying to run, but the Miami Heat were just getting them off clean time and time again and we have kind of at this point I feel like have figured out the formula for the Milwaukee Bucks to a certain extent where uh, 
this is a team where we are trying to see them lean their hats on defense. That's what Doc has been emphasizing. And you've seen the numbers change while Doc has been a head coach. Really, you can say since Adrian Griffin was let go, you've seen how the Bucs defensively have been playing better. But we have seen the offense take a step back during this time. And context and nuance is always very important. You look at the road trip, who was in and out of the lineup. And you understand that the Bucks are a top-heavy team. So most of their scoring, you're going to rely on Giannis. You're going to rely on Dame. You're going to rely on Chris. And then you're going to look to uh, Bees and Brooke to also knock down their opportunities as well. There's no Chris Middleton uh, in this game. So you're really looking at Dame and Giannis to help lead the way, which Giannis has been consistent night in, night out. I don't understand how he's third in a straw poll right now for MVP, but we can talk about his MVP case a time later. Um, so when you have a game like that and, you know, Dame is 5 of 14, that's really tough to get over. Brooks 3 and 9, Jay Crowder takes one shot, Bees is 6 of 10, Giannis is 11 to 18 from the field. Uh, Bobby Portis did his thing off the bench, but like the Bucks couldn't get stops last night. Yeah. It seemed like every time they were able to get the 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 score close, the Heat would just score again. So they were never really able to really make any serious indentation into that lead that the Heat were able to build. Yeah, and uh, you know Doc had talked about the Bucks on their screens as well. That um, it was just really a a tale of two different teams that you mentioned how he had, he had talked about the heat blowing up those dribble handoffs and that he didn't really feel like the bucks were quite as physical on those uh, screens and navigating those. He called that out specifically after the nuggets game on Monday night and, and went as far as saying, you know, we played the the tape of first time we played Denver and, and we weren't good there. And that created a lot of open looks for Jamal Murray and then we played them footage of, I know it's a different opponent, but the Charlotte Hornets, where we were blowing things up and contesting and, and the difference that that made. And I felt like against the Nuggets uh, on Monday night, we were back to what we did against the Hornets. That wasn't all of it. Um, that was certainly a big part of it when you you wondered, man, how are the Heat getting so many open looks here? Bam Adebayo is probably the best screener for a big in the league. Um, I've seen people complain. <laughs> too about the number of moving screens that don't get called but look they don't call them so he's very good at that it creates those looks for Duncan Robinson when you think about when he was just coming into his own against the Bucks with some big games uh it's that that position it's it's Bam Adebayo at the top of the key and, and out on the three-point line creating that space for him and he just did it for everybody last night I think part of it too is um we will get into that overall defense conversation but there is no denying the Bucks' defense has been better, regardless of what you'll hear anywhere. It has been much better in these last 12 games now. Um, but I think part of what you saw last night, too, was you know Doc Rivers himself has said many times, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Right. That there's There hasn't been a whole lot of new installs. They, they put in some things. You think back to the Dallas game where they were blitzing and trapping a lot more, and, and Doc said, hey, we put this in what, essentially like 18 hours ago, and it worked perfectly. Um, but that's the level of things that they're putting in. And, and maybe it's the all-star break. Maybe it's the remaining two or so practices that the Bucks have on this calendar where you'll start to sprinkle some of that in. But I thought in the last couple of days and games especially, we've heard more and more from Doc talking about not putting those things in because he doesn't want the – paralysis by analysis to impact his team where you're just constantly thinking about 
is this my coverage? Do I have this guy? Do I need to rotate here? He he just wants you to take that mental aspect out of the game. And as he keeps referencing the Don Shula quote from his book of, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not thinking you're going to move a lot quicker and JJ Redick talked about it earlier in the season too, when he went through basically a film study on the bucks of here's the moment when you're thinking about where you should be or, or what your coverage is. And even if it's just, you know, a quarter of a second, that split second with these types of athletes, that's all you need. And when you lose that, you're beat. So doc rivers has been pretty cognizant. We don't want that. I think he's basically just installed. Here's what we're not going to do. And, and I think even listening to him yesterday before the game, talking about some of the things they've cleaned up in transition was pretty illuminating as well. When he, he basically said, you know, there were no rules here before I got here and, and said the structure that this team needs and reference why they've been better in transition of, you know, we had guys, we had guards that were crashing, crashing. offensive boards. We had guys that were crashing from beyond the three-point line and, and went as far as to say, I love Dame. Dame should not be doing that. So I, I think that's been the big part is Doc coming in and saying, we're not doing this. So just don't do that. I'm not going to bombard you with what we're going to do. Let's just take this out and we'll get better. And you've seen the growth in the short term. But then when you go up against an Eric Spolstra, who knows, okay, they're just running this surface level stuff. They're not installing any new packages yet. Here's how we beat this offense or, or this defense. And I think that's a lot of what you saw last night. Exactly that. <clears throat> excuse me. I was talking to Justin before we got on our live and just mentioned I'm a little under the weather here. So excuse me if I'm if I'm coughing, clearing my throat, so on and so forth, while trying to get these bucks takes off after such a disappointing game. Um couple of things that you mentioned that made me laugh or just think about in the first one was around the moving screens aspect of it. I just have to say, be careful what you wish for, because Brooke Lopez could be called for so many yeah. more moving screens uh, than he is already. And we saw one last for. night. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like, let's let's all right. Like, let's let's calm that down there, because if reps called every single thing every single time, one of these games would be like four hours long and no one wants that. But uh, thinking about what Doc is coming in and trying to change here, I love that you brought up his comments about, hey, we had guards crashing. Like there was a little bit, not enough structure and rules about what guys should and should not be doing on this team. And it made me think of this article from The Athletic that Eric Name just recently put out, just saying like what is old uh, is new again. And uh, he's reverting to a lot of bud concepts with this team. And honestly, That makes a lot of sense, given that a lot of the roster construction is the same as what we had under Bud. Of course, the big glaring change is around the guard play. Um, There's no Drew Holiday. There's no Javon Carter. You don't have Wes Matthews coming off the bench. Like you're looking at Malik Beasley. You're looking at Damian Lillard um, and now Patrick Beverly still have PC there running around um, and doing his thing. But with that, there are just some general concepts that with this team and how it's constructed make the most sense and it's just always so interesting with this Bucks team now because it's like after a win after the Bucks beat the Nuggets the other night you're saying oh we're back we're back the Bucks are back it's championship time here we go and then after last night's loss you're saying like ah I knew this team couldn't get it done this team is trash like they're not going to be able to do it and I just always have to say like, remember it's a marathon here like this is a very very long season for players to go through. And with that, like you, we live it on a game to game basis because you're fans of the team. Like it's a game to game basis, how you feel about it. Um, But if you look at a little bit larger sample sizes and try to find themes, concepts and things to be like, okay, well, this actually seems like it's real, or this seems like it might be a fluke. 
like that's when the conversation starts getting real interesting. And I feel like that's the litmus test around these bucks right now. Now, if you feel like the roster itself isn't going to be able to cut it against the the Celtics of the league or whoever else you're looking at, like, I don't think the Bucks roster can hang with that regardless of what changes, then that's a different conversation. But uh, from a week to week basis and what you're seeing with this team, like they are undergoing a lot of change, which people might feel like is an excuse, but it's just the reality of the situation. And they're navigating some things right now. Now I say all that to say, Last night's loss against the Heat was bad. It was not a good game. It was disappointing. You see it and you're like, this is not how I thought this game would go. You see who the Heat are not, who they don't have suiting up in that game. And you see who the Bucs do have suiting up. And we know Chris Middleton's a loss for this team, but the Bucs have managed to have a pretty good record when Chris Middleton is not in the game so far this season. So like, you're not looking at that as an excuse, especially when you see who Miami had out. The Bucs just got outplayed. Uh, really the bucks got outplayed against the miami heat last yeah. night yeah and you know to your point uh it's never as good as it seems it's never as bad as it yeah. seems that um we can't crown the bucks as well they're back after that win against the denver nuggets and then bury them after that loss of the heat it's a bad loss i don't think any of us are are walking away from that and, and since the coaching change was made, I, I think you have two that you would really circle. The The Blazers' loss is still the worst loss that this yeah. team had because, again, where you were on that schedule, the road trip that you had in front of you, that was one that I think you circled of, we got to get this. If we can go 500 in the others or take one of those four, we're fine with a two and three road trip, hopefully uh, three and two. And this one was not good. It was night two of a back-to-back. -back. Uh, you do factor that in. I do want to get into who was out for Miami because I think that changed a lot of this game and what you had to defend, but it, it wasn't a good loss for the Bucs. And now it puts a lot of importance on that game tomorrow night in Memphis, because I had said this, uh, and I think we talked about it before too, Camille, before this, um, the homestand started with your final five games of this, this first half schedule. And that was yada, yada, yada. Can't look past any opponents and, and blah, blah, blah. But you do, feel like you you circle the Hornets game and the Grizzlies game of we got to get these two if we can go two and one in those other three or at least get one of them fine we feel good about again two and three or three and two uh, three and two or four and one going into the break but these two are, are kind of the tentpole games that we got to get you got one of them and it, it's going to be another shorthanded team that you're facing tomorrow in Memphis but you got to get that game because you, you can't. And I, I know there's still 30 some games, 30 ish games left. You can't go into the break with back to back losses against two undermanned teams. And one of them, especially the way that you lost to uh, the Miami Heat. So we'll get into that conversation, what the absence of Jimmy Butler meant for the Heat. Um, but also the overall conversation about this team's growth and not overreacting to single games out of 82 and not falling trapped to just looking at the standings and the box score. We'll get into that after this on Locked on Bucks. Well, a Hungry Root is one of our new sponsors here on Locked on Bucks. And a Hungry Root is here to make your dining experience much more easy. They are here to partner in healthy living. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries. It's simple. There are healthy recipes delivered directly to your door. 
All you have to do, also very easy, just take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know you, your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you have available and use, all of that and more. From there, they'll build you a, a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. You can take their suggestions or you can choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat, seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much, much more. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, it has to be quick to make, and it has to contain whole, trusted ingredients. Save hours planning, shopping, and cooking. Hungry Root delivers food you'll love. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On Bucks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn, and again, you'll get 40% off your first delivery, and you'll get free veggies for life. That's HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn, and don't forget to use our link so they know Locked On Bucks sent you. And Lockdown has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's now also on Amazon Fire TV in the channels app. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you covering 24-7 the top stories of the day with all the local experts you've come to expect from Lockdown, Locked On, plus our national shows that cover every single league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. Uh, Camille, I was struck by, we've kind of talked about this before and I've had the conversation with others as well, but you know, look, you understand that a lot of national coverage over this team, you know, part of why lockdown was founded, nobody covers your team closer than you do. Uh, Brian Windhorst and, and all the, the names that you would associate, and this isn't me knocking them. They're not watching every single bucks game or, or every, every team for that matter. You're, you're viewing the high level what's going on with the NBA, but it's still been very striking to me to hear some of the opinions over this team in that um, a, a lot of the complaints are, man, they've slid from second place and just narrowly behind the Celtics to third. And, you know, at one point, I believe they were tied with the Knicks and basically fourth in the Eastern conference, the record since they made this coaching change, that's uh, what they're five and seven now in these 12 games. And, under Doc Rivers, it's even worse, and this defense isn't fixed. They're 17th in the league. It's easy to zoom in and have those high-level takes, but it does, I know, get frustrating for Bucks fans when you hear more and more of this. And, you know, you do say, and, and we pointed this out several times, you know, it's just not true. I understand that they're not where we expected them to be defensively for the season as a whole numbers. What we've seen in these 12 games, though, I think is is – what I expected for the entire season and especially what we were told coming into the year that they were going to be a high pressure defense. They were going to force turnovers. They're going to be active. They've been right around. They've been in the top 10, but they've been for the most part close to that uh, league average, just better than league average. I think I said 12 or 13 was my, my hope and assumption of where this team would finish defensively. Um, and they're doing all those things. Now I, I get that the record hasn't been great, 
It's been a very challenging schedule with the opponents that are on there and the travel schedule, but you can't tell me. And the funny part is we're having this conversation one day removed from a 26-point loss, but you, <laughs> you can't tell me when you watch this team, it doesn't look markedly different and they haven't made defensive growth. We can get into the numbers in, in just a minute, but it all backs up. Look, they have been much, much better. So if you just want to zoom in and say, man, they've, they've gone five and seven since this coaching change, what's going on? Fine, that's a fair assessment. But to say that there's been no growth, and I don't know if they're getting what they wanted from Doc. They're not getting that structure. None of it is true. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the the litmus test right now with with the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's like, are you watching the games or are you just looking at the the final scores? Are you just looking at the box scores after the game? Are you not seeing how the outcome is happening? Because that's the whole thing when people were surprised about Adrian Griffin being let go. It's like, well, how can you do this when your record is so good? And my response has has continuously been in what you've heard. It, it mirrors what the Bucks were saying, where it's like the process wasn't looking right. We didn't feel that the process would continue to lead to the results that we've been able to get at this point in the season. And right now, it's kind of the opposite, where it's like the process is looking really good, and we expect the results to end up looking different as guys continue to get used to this new process. And the thing with these conversations is like, a few things can be true at the same time where you can be disappointed that the Bucks, excuse me, aren't getting enough wins where the where you're like, hey, look at the standings. The Bucks are slipping right now. Like, I'm not enjoying this. But you can also look and say, like, well, it seems as if this team is building towards something different. Like they're they're trying on the fly again. Middle of the season, new head coach, no training camp trying to figure things out uh, and they're coming into that while having the most difficult schedule in the East to play out the season with. So like, that's not a great environment to learn in. Well, on the flip side uh, in the first half of the season, while they were able to rack up wins, they had one of the easiest schedules in the league. So it's, 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 it's one of those things where you're like, I, I feel like they're playing better and it's like the, the record's not showing it, but the hope is that when you get, past all-star break when you're into March and you're getting into April you're hoping that the team is healthy and you're hoping that you're now starting to see the results from the process being changed now if we get to March into April and you're still seeing this team take losses and you're like well this isn't inspiring much confidence then at that time like that's fair game to say like I don't know what this team can do but right now I feel like the grace that was extended from some, not all, the grace that was extended when Adrian Griffin came on about, hey, like let's give him some time to try to figure these things out, should be also extended to this Bucks team while they're trying to figure things out under Doc and trying to uh, change processes up to get to playing the type of ball that they feel can win in championship games. And, I mean, to boil it down to even one of the more simplest ways, it's like, again, you think about why you make a Damian Lillard trade. You make a Damian Lillard trade because you're looking historically like, hey, our half court offense has stalled in the playoffs. Like there are times where it's like, we need just some offense here. Um, and you think, okay, around Dame, we have Giannis, we have Brooke, we have enough defense where we can, you know, be all right on that side of the ball, but take a step forward with offense. And right now you're seeing the defense coming back around, but you're seeing the offense still trying to gain its footing. And again, you need an identity. You need to have something you believe in. And it seems like the Bucks are believing in it. After the losses, they're not sounding the same that they did after some losses under Adrian Griffin, where they're like, what do we do? We give up everything. Like, this is not sustainable. We can't come out and score 140 every game. We got to get some play some defense. You hear them after these games where they're like, okay, like, 
didn't really, you know, we didn't get the outcome we wanted, but like, I feel really comfortable about where, where we're heading going forward with this team. And that's the biggest difference between now and when they were under Adrian Griffin, where it's like the process to the team seems to make more sense. When you have player buy-in, that's also a crucial part of it as well. Yeah. And, um, look, I, I think the latest projections that I had seen, I don't know when this was last updated, but Neil Payne, similar projections to what you used to find on the 538. And remember that was the, uh, the first site that really pegged the Boston Celtics, what, two years ago when, when right around the time they came on strong and it was, Hey, Boston, look out for them. Um, but look, they had the bucks projected and this was updated this morning to win 50 games and finish as the three seed, which I think is fairly accurate. And again, we we've mentioned the schedule that the bucks have left. It's the third most difficult schedule remaining in the league. It is the most difficult schedule left in the Eastern conference and even more troubling Boston Celtics have the second easiest schedule left in the league. Those Miami heats are fourth most easy or fourth easiest schedule. And then you got teams like the Cavs who are kind of in the middle of the pack. Same with the New York Knicks. I point that out because that gap is already very, very wide in the East. Um, the Celtics are going to finish with the best regular season record. And they're frankly going to end up winning the conference. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being by seven or eight games, given the separation that they already have. It's five in the loss column over the Cavs, eight on the Bucks. Uh, it's it's a tough road to hoe for the Bucks here. But to me, the important part is just finishing third. Don't go any lower than that three line because of the given that the Celtics are going to be the one seed, not being in that same half of the bracket as the Celtics. And also, you know, the elephant in the room, and I've mentioned this quite a bit, is I'm of the belief Joel Embiid will be back for the playoffs. And the Sixers... I think are going to be cemented into that five spot. Knicks are dealing with some injuries now. Um, those two teams tied in the loss column, but it does seem as though, look, the Knicks added reinforcements and their, their injuries are shorter term than Joel Embiid. I think what you see now in one through four or one through five is going to be the standings when, when it gets to playoff time. And again, that adds even more importance to avoiding four, not only because of the Celtics in the second round, you got to get through the first round as we learned last year, but that first round matchup would be with a freshly returned or returning Joel Embiid and the 76ers and Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. So you want to avoid that part as much as you can. And I do think the bucks will get there. And again, these projections show them to win 50 games. Um, the latest update as of this morning, bucks projected, for uh, 50 wins, which would be third in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics are projected for 63 wins. Ooh. And then you have the Cavaliers at 55 wins, which would kind of pass what we're seeing now. of Boston, a little bit of a drop-off. The Cavs, a little bit of a gap. And then you would have the Bucks, the Knicks, just a game behind. Sixers, not far behind either. The schedule is difficult, as we just started to say. Third most challenging, most difficult schedule left in the Eastern Conference. But again, you just can't look at what we've seen in the box score only and say, well, man, the Bucks tough schedule and they haven't been winning recently since the change. I pointed this out on the show a couple of days ago. Against the best teams in the league, the Bucs have still been one of the best teams in the league as, as much as we may not want to acknowledge it after uh, what you saw last night against the Miami Heat, who would be a playoff team. 
But against those teams in the top 10 in point differential, the Bucs still remain one of the best teams out there, that they have basically been a 500 team. Um, but a lot of these teams, you have teams like the Celtics, who are 10 and 5, the Thunder are 12 and 6, and then the Bucs are 9 and 7. Those are the only teams ahead of the Bucs in terms of win percentage against the elite teams. And it's been defense for the Bucs in those games. A lot of it has been recent. But in those games, the Bucs have the fifth best defense, the seventh best offense. So they're in the top 10 in net rating. So are the Knicks. So are the Celtics. So are the Thunder. Those are the only teams that are in the top 10 against the best teams in the league. And that's one of the other things that we have been hanging our hat on and saying, look, when this team is healthy and when these guys are playing together, the, the numbers, the net rating of Chris and Dame and Giannis and uh, Brooke on the floor together is a very good team. And I think that's what those numbers back up. Yeah, they back up the eye test uh, for, for me. Absolutely. When watching this team and seeing what you're seeing on the court and to know that this team, which we saw earlier in the season as well, that they seem to get up against better competition um, than what you see them playing down, quote unquote, to certain levels of competition. Um, so hearing those numbers of saying like, hey, there's only three teams in the NBA right now that have a winning record against those other top teams. And the Bucks are one of those three teams. Like hearing it framed that way, you might have like, I can imagine someone's listening like, are you sure? Like yeah. there's no other team that's that's playing better. You sure, right it's now. not the Cavs and not the Bucks. Yeah, are you sure it's the Bucks? But like that checks out to me. Um, and like I've seen the comments coming in. We are live on YouTube as we record this, <clears throat> just mentioning like you know, hey, the Bucks are overrated. Uh, Dame is washed, so on and so forth with this team. And like, listen, I don't agree with those sentiments at all there. I, I will say this um, in regards to Damian Lillard's play, and I think it's fair to say like it's been a bit of a disappointment um, just to see the levels of inconsistency um, with his play. And I was taking a look back uh, to his December numbers when the Bucks went 11-2 and two in the yeah. month of December and everything was clicking. Like, one, you can point to competition for sure. Um, but if you look at Dame's numbers, uh, he was averaging 26 points a game. He was shooting about 46, 47% from the field, 43% from three. Um, things were rolling, right? And you look at the numbers <clears throat> to start 2024 numbers, just what we saw in January going into half here, uh, February. He's averaging about 23 points a game. He's shooting about 41% from the field. And he's shooting just under 30% from three um, on a pretty high volume with eight attempts a game. So like it's it's I don't want to say it's only on Dame because that's not the truth here, but a big aspect of this Bucks offense is going to come from Damian Lillard. So like to say that he's washed or anything like that, that feels like that's that's a little too far. Like that doesn't feel like it's a complete picture. But if you want to say like I'm a bit disappointed at the level of consistency that he's been playing at so far, I think that's fair um to say at this point. But again, Doc mentioned it after the Heat game where he said, I felt like the offense was dictating our defense. And you can't have that in this game. So if, if shots aren't falling for you, then you need to get back and you need to play some defense. It's always harder to establish your offense when you're taking the ball out the net. You want to try to attack defenses when you know, you're getting a rebound, you're able to take off in transition, get fast break points. That's what you're trying to do. When you're consistently taking the ball out the net and you're getting, uh, you're you're starting to uh, get your offense together against a set defense, especially one that's coached uh, by Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat, 
regardless of who they have out or who they don't have out. Um, it's it's going to be a bit tougher for you to overcome. And you saw the Bucks getting frustrated with shots not falling, with foul calls not being given, um, and then maybe being a step slow getting back on defense or not playing with the same level of intensity that we have seen um, so far with Doc. So, like, there are things this team has to figure out, but they can't let the offense dictate how they play defense. They're going to have to get more consistent with that as they continue to learn under this new process with Doc. And, like, you've seen what it looks like when it works, and that's what gives me confidence where it's like, hey, if the Bucks can figure that out, we've seen what it looks like when it works, and I think that they can get there um, come playoff time. Yeah, and, look, you need more than what you got last night from, from Damian Lillard. 16 points, 5 of 14 shooting, the, the numbers that you referenced since, Jan- since January 1. Yeah, it's not what you expected. Um I and and we'll get into a lot of this, a lot of the not necessarily stats driven stuff next week when we have the All Star break, and and more of those conversational think pieces of that trade. Um, but it was a, it was a deal I still think you have to make, and we can get into the numbers when you compare the two of them. But look, I, I've pointed out, uh, I know everybody else has mentioned it too, the numbers that this team is at. You know, when Damian Lillard is going, when he scores twenty six or more, they're still twenty one and two. So that seems to be the magic number. Um, and I still have faith that, you know, for how much Doc Rivers talked about that and mm-hmm. talked about getting Damian Lillard going. And, and again, even before he took the job with some of his podcast appearances with Bill Simmons of, yeah, I think Dame is just trying to fit in. And, and when you're Dame, you don't fit in. The team fits into you. That Doc has kind of hammered that home for a couple of weeks now that I do think the all-star break is coming at a great time. <laughs> for the Bucs with this schedule, with the injuries that they've been dealing with, and just getting some time off for some of those guys. Like you think about Dame when he came back recharged as well. Um, so I do think that's going to be very, very beneficial for this team. We'll, we'll get into one last point on that and to wrap up the show after this, as we continue to sift through a disappointing loss to the Miami Heat, we'll wrap things up and preview the matchup with the Grizzlies next on Locked on Bucks. Passion, drive, and patience, they are what brings home the winning trophy, and they're also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. We got the Memphis Grizzlies next, Camille. And uh, again, you got to win this game against (laughs) Memphis with uh, what you just went through in terms of uh, that loss to the Miami Heat. But also, there's another team that is going to be without quite a few of their impactful players. Um, the, The Miami Heat, I forget what number it was, but they have the second most starting lineups used in the league this season second to only the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is also number one in man games lost to injury. Um, so it, it's been a tough, tough go at it. 
for the Grizzlies. But again, it puts even more importance on that game in Memphis. Uh, no injury report yet for either of these two teams. But, um, you know, if you're the Bucks, you need to see a get-right game here. You need to see a big bounce back. Memphis plays tonight, so they're mm-hmm. going to be on night two of a back-to-back. Um, but also for the Bucs, look, as, as you look around the rest of this conference, every team but the Bucs in the top six or seven, I believe, maybe even eight in the Eastern Conference is playing tonight. The Knicks play the Magic, so New York can pull even with the Bucs where they win. Sixers are back at it uh, against the Miami Heat. Celtics and Nets play for the second consecutive night. You got the Pacers playing the Cavaliers playing the Bulls. And there's some importance there that we can get to in a moment as well. But the Bucks are idle. Everybody else is playing tonight. This is a chance that uh, hopefully things don't continue to go south. But more importantly, you just got to focus on winning that game tomorrow night. They do. They do. And one last Miami Heat thought before we, I jump towards Memphis. I should point out the fact that even though the Bucks did lose in an embarrassing fashion last night uh, to the Miami Heat. They did win the season series. So there's only three games between the Bucks and the Heat this year. Um, the Bucks won the first two matchups. The Heat won that last one, but the Bucks do have the season series uh, over the Miami Heat. You hope that doesn't come into play uh, during the final standings, meaning that the Bucks continue to play um, and get a lot of wins, and the Heat weren't able to catch up. But if things went wrong, you do have that tiebreaker um, over the heat. So there is that to lean on. Um, in regards to Memphis, yeah, you got to win this game. Not only is it like the the heater co- or the Grizzlies are coming on the second half of back-to-back against the Bucks tomorrow, but uh, it's a travel. It's not like they're in Chicago tonight and they're taking the bus up to play against the Bucks. Like they're in Houston tonight, and then they come to Milwaukee to play. And we've made a joke about it, but if you could name like five players who are playing for the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies right now, you're truly a basketball sicko. And I mean that uh, as a compliment, like you're a junkie for basketball, uh, being able to to name five guys on this roster who are playing at the moment. So it's a game you got to have. And now we're at a point in the season where there is some scoreboard watching where you're taking a look and what other teams are doing for the Bucks to not have any games tonight, but everyone else who was around them in the standings for the most part playing tonight, you have some rooting interest as a Bucks fan, um, hoping that you know you're seeing the Pacers lose. You're hoping to see all these other guys around or other teams around the Bucks uh, catch some L's, but more than anything, the Bucks have to take care of their own business. Like you can't come out tomorrow against Memphis and look at who is going to be on the floor and be like, hey. We're going to sleepwalk over this game. We've mentioned already the Bucs record against top competition. Now, they need to make sure um, that when they head down there to Memphis uh, tomorrow, that they're ready to play and they're ready to get a win because, like, all the scoreboard watching doesn't matter if you aren't doing what you need to be doing yourself with the schedule that's in front of you. Yeah, and, and actually that – that Grizzlies Rockets game is in uh, Memphis tonight. That's right. I yeah. know Dave uh, had Dave Kane had mentioned maybe I'll go scout the uh, Memphis Grizzlies because uh, the team is going to arrive at some point this afternoon. But to your point of and if if you can name, I'll say three starters for the Memphis Grizzlies of late. Here you are a true basketball sicko. Their last game against the Pelicans, Jaron Jackson Jr. Everybody is familiar with that name. Santi Aldama. Probably familiar with that. Outside of that, John Conchar, Scotty Pippen Jr., Vince Williams Jr. Those were the five starters for the Memphis Grizzlies with Yuta Watanabe 
uh, coming off the bench, Trey Jemison, Luke Kennard, and Lamar Stevens. That was their nine-man rotation. And that's probably going to be the same tomorrow night. So again, this is the reason why we say this is, I hate to use the word must, but but this is a must-win game for all intents and purposes for the Bucs to head into the All-Star break um, for uh, with a, uh, a victory, I should uh, say. So, so that's what's in front of the Bucs. And again, you know, when we mentioned those teams being idle and what the Bucs are looking at, you mentioned winning the season series with the Heat. Let's hope it's not important where the Heat currently right. sit in the standings at the seventh seed. You lost it to the Indiana Pacers. We wondered at the time, man, if Indiana keeps up this pace, what if the Pacers and Bucks are kind of neck and neck for that central division? And that would imply some playoff seeding as well, that that's a pretty big loss. As we've seen it, it probably isn't going to matter. I know the Pacers do have an easier schedule than the Bucks. Every team in the East does. Um, but it's still five games in the loss column that, that Indiana would have to make up. So that would have to be incredibly hot play from the Pacers and a collapse from the Bucs as, as they both played 55 games. So five games in 27 is still a lot to make up for any team. Uh, but I do point this out because we've seen the Cavaliers move past the Bucs. And you did not win the season series. You didn't lose it. You split it at two games apiece. But you're three games back of Cleveland in the loss column. They have, stop me if you've heard this before, an easier schedule left than the Bucs. But more importantly... For years, Camille, the Bucs would dominate the Central Division, and this speaks to the resurgence of the Cavs and the Pacers um, and the Bulls being a 500 team, basically. But the Bucs are 9-7 and seven in the division this year. I mean, in, in years past, that would be something like 15-1 and one or 14-2. and two. They're 9-7. and seven. The Cavs are 7-4. and four. I think the Bucs only have one divisional game left, and that is against the Bulls. Um, Cavs have a couple that are, are going to be challenging, but there's a good chance the Cavaliers finish with a better divisional record, which would be the first tiebreaker if you need it. So all of these things are adding up of if you're going to get the two seed, you got to be red hot and you're going to need some help from the Cavaliers down the stretch. So to me, again, just don't drop any lower than three. And that's why watching that game tonight with the Knicks, it, it's it's going to be important. Hopefully the Knicks can lose that matchup to the uh that they play tonight. Hopefully the Sixers lose as well to those Miami heat, because then you're two games up in the loss column on both of those teams. But now that we've hit essentially 25 games left, those are the things you got to start to pay attention to is those potential tiebreakers. Yeah. A lot of people always think that all-star break is like the halfway point of the season. And it's, it's not like we, we have already hit that mark towards the beginning of, of January. Like we are really looking at the last quarter of the season for the most part here after all-star break. So with that being said, like there, you go into all-star, you want to go into all-star with a win against Memphis here, go into the break on a good note. And you hope that once they come back, um, guys are ready to play. Still not sure how long, uh, Chris Middleton will be out. Of course, yeah. not expecting to see him before the all-star break. You're happy the break is coming where he gets a week off without missing too many more games um, there. Not sure when he comes back from that, but uh, when the Bucks do come back from the break, it is going to be of the utmost important to continue to play some of that best basketball that we've seen. Uh, we've talked about the schedule they have ahead of them, and we talked about the record that they have so far against teams uh, with winning records, some of the top teams in the league. Um, they're going to see a lot of them in the season here. Um, so you're hoping that this uh, 
what we pointed out about them having a winning record against teams, uh, the top teams like that continues because they're going to need that. Um, so there is going to be an element of scoreboard watching. But when you have games like tonight against Memphis, um, you end the month with back to back games against the Hornets like you. You have to take care of business against those teams where you're like, hey. They're not doing well right now. Um, so you got to get those wins. You don't want us to have more conversations here on Locked on Bucks after a game like Portland, where you're like, this is one they should have won. Like, this is very yeah. disappointing. If we can cut out the disappointments um, in that way, continue to play. Like, I still have some faith that this team can figure things out along the way, um, especially if you see Damian Lillard's offense ticking up. You see the Bucks defense continue to play at the level they have been since they uh, got on their dock, if not better. Like there's there's a, a, a role and a path that I can see this team being successful. Um, and I just hope that they're able to achieve it. Yeah, um, I think on our next show, we should we should do some factor fiction for a, a lot of the talking yeah. points that have come up in the comments. The same same few names that that, that we've all grown accustomed to. So I, I think maybe we'll look into that for our next show. And then we do have one more post game show this week, obviously, tomorrow night against the Memphis Grizzlies. After that, it's on to the All-Star break. So we will uh, next week recap what we saw there. A lot of Bucks representation with uh, Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley in the three-point shootout. Giannis and Dame in the starting lineup of the All-Star game. Um, so we'll recap the festivities for All-Star weekend early next week. We'll, we'll start to take a look at some of those high-level approaches and conversations we talked about earlier. And uh, we'll have more of a barometer of 13 games over the defense and numbers that have stood out there. So we'll get into all of that. And yes, we will uh, fire up the bat signal again and see if we can't get uh, everybody's favorite host back on the show at some point next week during the all-star break. So uh, they may take some time off on the court, but still a lot coming up here in the uh, next week or so on uh, locked on bucks. Camille uh, rest the voice because we still got a couple more shows to knock out this week. So Take some time off and, and rest the voice. And uh, we will be back again tomorrow with uh, some thoughts heading into that Grizzlies game. And again, maybe we'll do some, some factor fiction on uh, that show as well. Thanks to everybody for tuning in on the live show today. All your interaction in the comments as well. We'll use some of that for our factor fiction and get into it on the next show. For Camille, I am Justin. We will talk to you once again tomorrow on Locked on Bucks.